From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for August 6th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And we are going to be reading your emails and playing your voicemails uh, this week. And uh, do the usual spiel. If you would like to send us an email, you can send that to podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can go to our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and fill out the feedback form that we have there. If you would like to give us a call toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 310 9662 The local direct number, 407-574-5093. Toll-free in the United Kingdom, 0808-120-2316. And toll-free in Australia and New Zealand, 1-800-774-531. And uh, I really just wish we'd hear from more Australian fans, but it's you know as I've been finding out, um, Disney World it's such a big big trip for people in Australia to come to Disney World. You don't have a lot of Disney fans down there. Hmm. There's a lot of people that just aren't interested. So there's not like this massive population of Disney fans. It just kind of depresses me. <laughs> but uh, I will bring I will bring Disney to the masses <laughs> in Australia. Pete's gonna have a bag full of pixie dust. You're like the Walt Disney World Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me into the desert. Or into the Outback, at least. Outback. I love Outback. <laughs> oh, you mean the real Outback? The real one, yeah. Where they're going to feed me kangaroo and God knows what else. A blooming onion. So, now we're so excited about that trip. I can't believe it's like less than a month away. Boy, it's coming fast. It's less than a month away. And it's like... Uh, I mean, we've got Kendrick. everything planned. We've got everything planned. We have our, you know, our extra days, our extra hotel days all set up. We've got our transfers all set up. And oh, you made your um, hotel reservations then? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. Yep, and uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm trust, trusting TripAdvisor. I'm trusting TripAdvisor for my uh, hotel choice in Sydney for seven nights. Looks you know, like a nice hotel. You know what I do? I read the worst reviews and then I go up from there. I read the one stars. And See then, if the worst well, reviews are really I, that what, bad. Um, actually, this hotel. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, it's actually owned by the same company that owns the hotel I'm staying in in Cairns, uh, Port Douglas, uh, uh, in the Great Barrier Reef. And uh, this is the, uh, of all the hotels in Sydney, this is rated number one on TripAdvisor. It has no poor or below average ratings. Oh. One average rating, and then the other 200 ratings are all. Uh, above average or excellent. Oh, that's good. Well, that's actually what I meant. I, I look at the number one uh, hotel or location, and I try to read their pores, and then I go up from there. I don't go to, like, the last. Well, what, I also, what I also noticed about this hotel in, uh, in, in TripAdvisor is that their management is very good at responding to anything. You know, one person had posted a great review and said, you know, a couple of minor problems, had a problem with this, had a problem with that. General manager of the hotel posted, I'm so sorry, please get in touch with me. Oh. Let me make this right for you. So... You know, it looks to me like it's a well-run property. Uh, it seems to be in a good neighborhood, good na- good area. I've got a view of the Sydney Bridge, um, so it's on the it's on the water. How oh, cool! It's a one bedroom. A- it's a one bedroom th- uh, thing. So, nice. I have a pet peeve with TripAdvisor because of Dreams Villas. We own units within the whole community, so TripAdvisor allows people to comment on the entire community. Oh, so there's some in there who I know are people who stayed with us who loved it, but then there are people who stayed with other people and say how terrible it is mm. because they've contacted the management company and didn't have wa- hot water for three days, or so that's my pet peeve in that something like yeah, that's Dreams a, Villas yeah. were not fairly rated hmm. because the overall community is rated. But Max is unusually needy today. <laughs> resting his head on my Max the intern. Max the intern is resting his head on my on my knee. <laughs> I think I'm it's because there's not a, as many people who usually yeah. pet yeah. him while there's not. Uh, Normally, Max the intern is petting him. Oh, he misses or his friend. He misses his <laughs> friends. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Our uh, first voicemail this week comes to us from Kelly, who actually has a question for Julie about the baby care center. So, here is Kelly. 
Hey, podcast guys and gals. It's Kelly Girls or Kelly Brown. Um, I just wanted to have a quick question. It's in regards to Julie's reviews on baby care centers. Um, what my situation is is that my mother has declined rapidly with her cancer to the point where she is now on a permanent feeding tube. And I wanted to know is uh, if the baby care stations would be comfortable enough uh, and probably semi-private enough for her to do uh, a tube feeding, which she would have to do um, not on a regular basis, but just as occasional as you would need to eat. It would be just like a regular eating schedule. But where the feeding tube is, she would it's not something you would have to do in, in public because she would have to lift her shirt up and it's in her stomach and it's Kind of, it's really kind of gross, but the semi-private, I just wanted to find out if the cast members would object to her to go into the baby care centers for some kind of private feeding, um, that way she doesn't have to leave the parks and also, you know, have to go back to the hotel, which that is just very time-consuming, and uh, with her strength, it would just be very tiring, because uh, she would be in a wheelchair, too. So that is actually what my... Uh, comment is and um, any feedback would be great via email uh, or you know on the, the news feed I uh, wanted to say thank you you guys have a great 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 website you have a great podcast and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully this December seeing you all at Disapalooza uh, if things are not able to work out for me I cannot wait to meet you guys on the podcast cruise next year um, I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk with you later. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much, Kelly. Um, Julie, what do you think? I wouldn't think they would have a problem with it, um, especially since that's um, a circumstance that can't be helped. Yeah. You know, And certainly she would need privacy. Um, I happen to have seen, I have seen someone with a feeding tube before like that. I know exactly what she's talking about. Um, it was on an episode of Intervention, but that's another story. <laughs> um, I would say to use the nursing rooms because they're going to be the most private. But the only two that have an, a personal private nursing room would be Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios because those are individual and Hollywood Studios only has a curtain, so you may would want to stand guard outside of it so that someone doesn't open the curtain and yeah. you know, they're like, oh, my God, what's going on in there? You could also use the health care centers. I, know I was going to say, what about the first aid, the first aid we've stations? We've actually had to do some things that needed to be done in private, and we've used the first aid stations. Do they have, like, private rooms there? They do. Because I've never been in those. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way you want to go, depending on what's closest for you and... Did he hit his head? No. 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 And what's going on? <laughs> but at Magic Kingdom and Epcot, your nursing rooms are not private. Those are f- meant for multiple people. So um, they may would suggest that there would be no one else in the room if you were going to be doing that. So maybe take advantage of the first aid care station instead. But if you don't have a choice, I would think they'd be okay. Just make I would make sure and just ask. Tell them what right. your situation is, and I think they'll be accommodating. Great. Well, thank you for calling in with that, Kelly. And thank you, Julie, for answering. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. This is from David. David is... uh, David. (laughs) I recently tried to get into several restaurants for our annual first week in October trip to the world, believing that 60 days in advance would be fine, as it's always been in the past. Well, as you and several other listeners have said, everything is booked. Nor... For example, nothing at Chef Mickey's, California Grill, Tusker House, or Crystal Palace over the four-day period beginning October 1st. Tony's was available, and Kevin, since it's your favorite restaurant, do you want to join us? Thanks, David. (laughs) Uh, Given the success of the free dining uh, with filling the restaurants but not the rooms, what are your collective suggestions for dining off property? Will be four adults and two nine-year-olds. First of all, I would tell you to continue to go back into their online thing and watch for the restaurants that you're interested in. We are finding that eventually some of them do open up. However, I would also write a letter to Disney letting them know that you don't like their new dining system plan. But there are a couple of places off property. Right across the street from downtown Disney in the Crossroads area, there's a very inexpensive place. It's um, 
a salad bar kind of place called Sweet Tomatoes. Uh, there is not far from there. There is Restaurant Row on Sand Lake Road with several different places. We just talked. If you go out the other side of Disney onto Osceola Parkway, there's Payway. There's Tijuana Flats and Nano's, which we just reviewed in our last show. So there are places to go off property. Uh, in with Sweet Tomatoes is Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers Burgers. Uh, it's great for kids. I, up on in the Sand Lake Road area, what they call Restaurant Row, there's a Five Guys Burgers. So there are places that you can go inexpensively and get some decent food. Also, if you go out that way, there's um, a restaurants that you might have at home where you know your kids can eat. They're chain restaurants, so you might find something where you know, I know my kids like to eat there, so rather than trying something new and throwing them off their game, that might be an option, too. I saw that President Obama ate at a Five Guys and treated everyone. He did. Mm-hmm. Didn't treat me. He spent $20. <laughs> okay, thank you for that, Kevin. Who else has an email I'd like to read? I, I do. Oh, go you go ahead, Kathy. <laughs> no, you go, Julie. No, <laughs> go no you go, Kathy. No, you go, Julie. Okay. Mine is from Dan Pick, and this was written to me since I had talked about the Kennedy Space Center. It said he has some questions. With the cost of visiting... Walt Disney World, I find it hard to justify spending the amount of money required for admission to the Space Center, especially in light of the fact that it was built with tax dollars. However, I love the space program and would love to be sold on visiting the Space Center. Looking online, the Space Center appears to have a couple of exhibit halls, the Rocket Gallery, and IMAX, and tours costing quite a bit more money. What exactly do you get for basic admission? And considering it's about half the cost of a day at Disney, is it really worth the time and effort to visit? I understand you enjoy visiting, but you live nearby. How about a family with a limited amount of time and money, and what does the rest of the podcast team think? Well, I always went to visit the Space Center when I lived up in Pennsylvania. always took a day out of our Disney vacation to go to the Space Center because I had three young kids that I thought... I was a big fan of slipping education past the kids that they were (laughs) learning something when they didn't realize that they were learning it, and they all loved the Space Center. And if you look online, AAA sells a discounted rate. I'm sure there's, you know, those little uh, vacation newsletters that are, like, seems like on every stand. Um, There's coupons there. But there's a lot of things that you can do at the Space Center that, as you just go into the Space Center, that there is an IMAX movie that you can watch that's free. There's an IMAX movie right now. I think they're playing Star Wars. Um, you don't have to see that one. There is plenty to see just in. There's a rocket um, gallery outside. There's all the rockets from all the different years. There's a place for kids to play. There's all kind of buildings with all kind of memorabilia in it. Personally, I think if you're going to go to the Space Center, take one of the tours that takes you on the bus. Now, last week, we went down again after your email, and I went down, you know, and and purposely watched everything that was going on. When you take the bus trip, and it it takes you out to, like, a platform where you can see the um, launch pads, and then it takes you to the Apollo Saturn V building where they have the moon rocks and some of the... uh, I must say costumes, but um, the spacesuits that they use, like on the moon, I really, really think it's worth the money. Now, you could not take the tour that takes you out on the bus, and that is an additional, I think it's $21 to, to take the um, regular admission is $38. You can get an annual pass for 50 that gets you into these other tours for no additional cost. So it just depends you know, what kind of a deal you find. But really, I do think it's worth a day from your Disney vacation to get onto the Space Center. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, maybe not every time you come. I think I'm the only person at the table. Space rates with science for me. I could care less about it. But, You're you not know. the only one. <laughs> oh, well, now, see, I think I'd fall asleep when we talk about the Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I, have to, I have to say, though, I really think that regardless of what your level of interest in the, in the space program is, I, I don't. I think who, no matter who you are, you can appreciate the historical significance mm-hmm. of, uh, of of what of, of Kennedy Space Center and of that whole the whole exhibit, all the all the exhibits they have. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. It's you can really, do that for free, though. 
I don't have to go there to appreciate the the <laughs> well the enormity of it. Yeah, I just it's not something that well, I would yeah, pay actually, to see. And actually, you do because you see things there and experience things there you couldn't see or experience anywhere else. Now, see, last week when we went down, we went out in Titusville a little ways and wanted to see if we could see the shuttle come in for a landing because I've seen them go up. I've never seen them come down. And where we were at, um, we got there maybe 15 minutes before it was due to come down. In a matter of minutes, there probably was over 100 people standing there watching the shuttle come down, and it was perfect. We got to see it come down. We saw it almost all the way down onto the runway. Then we went over to the Space Center to, to enjoy the day, and as we were coming out of the one exhibit on the bus, here the, the van that the astronauts were in came right in front of us. Now, my daughter and I thought that was, that, to us, that was like seeing rock stars. Not, yeah, not everybody's going to be like that, but there were so many things, and especially with that new exhibit that they put in there, kids would enjoy it. Really, I think one time if you come down here on your vacation, maybe if this isn't your once-in-a-lifetime trip, you come here quite often, I really do think a trip to Kennedy Space I think Center. it's wonderful if that's what you're interested in. It doesn't interest me at all. You know, watching the shuttle from my backyard, I'm satisfied with that. Oh, see. You no, know, I, that, I don't need to be down the there. Details. I don't need to go. Kathy wants to feel the flames on her face. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all fake. <laughs> I think it's an illusion. It's a model, and someone has a string, and they pull it's it off It's a David arm. Copperfield <laughs> illusion. It could be. It could be. But I says, you know, for kids, if they're learning this stuff in school, I think that's a better way to learn it and appreciate it than reading a chapter in a school book. Now, again, obviously, that's not the way everybody else feels. But The, the space program for us of our age group is so ingrained in what we know. We were there for mo- for the most part from the beginning. And I was there in the 70s. I mean, it's not like I've never been. Right. So but I, it's just it's But not- I think that there's there's this level of interest that we have in it's general. It's also changed dramatically in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of people out there who are interested in it. I I just the, his email struck me funny because it was kind of like convince me. Mm. Talk me into it. Uh, don't well, go. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I really <laughs> no, do go. think if you just go into the main area without taking the bus tour, there's plenty of things that you can see and do. Because I said to my daughter, I said, have you seen everything here? And there's many of the exhibits she hadn't seen, and that's included with your admission. So you don't have to pay extra, and you get plenty of stuff. And, yes, your tax dollars built it, but there's a um, a group now that runs it. It's not taken care of by the government so if that makes a difference it's average people supporting the space center now yep now so go absolutely i think it's absolutely worth a trip out to the cape uh to go to go see that um it's something you can't really experience to see anywhere else we get a lot of questions from people who are going on the cruise if they should do that um either before the cruise or getting after the cruise I think if you're interested in it, you're going to need more than right. a half a day. You're going to need a full day. Yeah, out you need there. a full day right. out there. So I, I wouldn't really try do. to cram that into you know the four, couple hours before you go leave your ship leaves or getting back from. Well, you crew. could if that if you weren't going to come back for a long time. I mean, that is a good place to hang out for a while. But again, you wouldn't be able to take the tours. You'd only be able to get like a small flavor, and for what it costs, yeah. you're not really going to get your money's worth. I agree. But I do agree that I think you should do the bus tours. I like, you know, that there's a, tons of options out there. If you Google, like, Orlando tours, you find a bunch of websites that do these bus tours, pick you up from your resort, yeah. bring you out there. Yeah. So Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Chris, who actually has a question for Corey about Segway tours. So here's Chris. Hello, Diz Podcast crew. Appreciate what you guys and gals do. We love listening. Hoping that you can help me out with a question. By the way, this is Chris. Plum Giddy on the boards. And hoping that you could help me out with a uh, question I have regarding the Segway Tour. Corey may be best to answer this question, but we, uh, my wife and I will be taking that. And our children will be staying back with their aunt and their uncle and will be meeting us at Epcot later in the morning. And I'm hoping you can give me some insight as if they wanted to see us as we come in at the end of the Segway tour, 
when or where would be the best place for them to sort of wait on us so that they could see. I think there's kind of a parade at the end. Uh, I don't know if it's a parade, but it's some type of like you all go back into the to the to the waiting area. So, I wonder if you could give me some insight as to where I could tell my kids so they could see us riding the segways, thinking that that would be a pretty cool family moment that they would enjoy. Sure, appreciate it, and hope this uh, hope this makes it to the podcast. Thank you, Chris. Uh, what do you think, Corey? Um, they're going to want to wait around uh, Journey into Imagination around that area because when you're, when you're done with the whole world showcase, they kind of bring you back there in front of the – not in front of the land but around that area. And you enter through the backside of um, Interventions West. So they're going to want to wait around that area, not, not in the center of the future world but intervention, um, yeah, Interventions West, that backside and around the area by Journey into Imagination. That's going to be the best spot because they're not going to allow you to allow them to go into the World Showcase area. But uh, Interventions West is right outside the land. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's a back uh, backsliding glass door. Right. That's that's where they bring you in towards the end. Okay. And they can also go into um, they can also be in Interventions while you're doing your little practice run yeah. and stuff like that. So they can take photos of you in there, but you're going to be inside. But, yeah, at the end, they kind of train you in there. I wonder what other fun things they do that they'd like to let their kids watch. (laughs) (laughs) Want to come watch us eat ice cream? (laughs) That will segue into nothing. (laughs) All right, well, thank you for the question. Chris, who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Jules. This is from some friends in New Jersey. They asked to not be identified, so we're going to call them anonymous. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> um, they've been listening to the podcast for over two years and they totally enjoy us. And this year they're adding a traveler to their annual trip, a five month old. On their previous trips they've had they haven't they have had an older child who was a year old and then two. And at those ages she was able to communicate when she was hot or hungry and she was also able to eat you know, I mean to ride lots of rides and eat real food. So now they're bringing a five month old. So they want our help. They don't want to break their own rule. So finally, the question, what can we do with our five-month-old? Have you taken Ferris on any rides? Yes. (laughs) And can you? Well, the Magic Kingdom is going to be the friendliest park, I think, for a five-month-old, which every park does have something that the child can do. Um, He's been on Haunted Mansion. You know, he rode Toy Story Mania, like I mentioned, in the main show. Um, your five-month-old could go on all the rides you mentioned, Dumbo, Small World, Pooh, Peter Pan, Snow White, and Nemo and Epcot. And then also besides the baby stations, what do we recommend to keep the baby cool while keeping our three-year-old active in the parks? Well, obviously your five-month-old is not going to be able to be as gung-ho as a three-year-old. Um, I know that at five months old, Ferris was not drinking water yet. So we would spray him down with a water sprayer to keep his skin cool and to kind of hydrate him a little bit when he hadn't eaten maybe in a couple of hours. But I would make sure that you take breaks indoors, let the child cool down. Um, You know, naps can be taken in a stroller outside for sure while you're strolling around and doing things with your three-year-old. But I think you're going to want to make time. You know, maybe one of you can stay at the resort with with the younger child while the other parent goes out with the three-year-old. Maybe you could take turns doing that. Um, it's just not fair to a baby that small to keep him out in the heat for too long. Yeah. At all. Or to make him sit through a podcast. Nancy <laughs> now. Yeah, no, he, he's tired of being held, I believe. Oh, my baby, it's okay. Oh, he's, oh look at that sad face. Um, any thoughts or help would be appreciated. And he says, just as long as you don't tell us to leave the baby in the hotel room. <laughs> um, speaking of hotels... He's going to be staying at the Caribbean Beach Resort. Is there anything baby unfriendly um, besides alligators and amoeba in the lake? And any special requests for room amenities or room locations? Kathy? I can't think of anything unfriendly. Um, The kids' pool area, the three-year-old would love. Um, Room preferences, if they didn't book a preferred room, I would say um, Jamaica or Aruba across the lake is a short little walk to the food court and the main pool so they'll have a great time there okay um he says love the podcast and i'm the only disney mom whose advice is trusted in their house isn't that nice Aww. <laughs> but uh, they send thanks from new jersey and they congratulate us on ferris 
And he also mentioned that having a child with Down syndrome is a blessing that will know his love forever. So that was really nice. Aww. But I just say, you know, take it day by day. I, I wouldn't plan to be like gung ho in the parks for eight to ten hours with a child that young. It's going to be a different experience for yeah. you, for sure. You have to use common sense. Yes. Do you ever see the people who have the kid in the stroller completely bundled up mm-hmm. and the parents are dying of the heat and sweating? Yeah. Or conversely, True, they're in a restaurant and everyone's got sweaters on, they're freezing, and the kid has practically no clothes on. Mm-hmm. You think to yourself, use common sense. If I you're saw clo- this in Magic Kingdom the other day. It was a newborn, and they had it in like long, like footy pajamas and a hat, and it's all closed up inside its little cocoon, you know, the stroller slash uh, oh. carrier. You could put Poor it all together. Kid. And I'm thinking, that child's going to have a heat stroke. Yeah. I mean, like, put it in its diaper if you're covering it up anyway. <laughs> if you're hot, the baby's hot. Exactly. So, but I think it sounds like you guys have traveled with, you know, a toddler. So hopefully, you know, you already kind of know what to expect because toddlers can have meltdowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Adults can have meltdowns, too. <laughs> but just have fun. Not me. <laughs> I never meltdown. Can you listen to the other show? <laughs> That was an expression of passion. And like you said, take advantage of those baby care centers. Cool. Well, thank you for that, Julie. Who else has an email I'd like to read? I have one. Yanni. Mine's from Trisha Lozinski. And Trisha is a farmer girl on the boards. Many Disney. She's from Canada, isn't she? Saskatchewan. She is. Thank you very much. That's what I meant to hit. I'm writing this on my way home from Walt Disney World. First, I have some dining discount info, and then I have a question for you about Disney World merchandise. After hearing Kevin's review of Fulton's Crab House and hearing about the DVC discount for 30% off, we decided to go there for lunch the day we arrived. While we did, not, while we did receive our 30% off, our server informed us that as of August 1st, it was going down to 20%, and the 30% would be going over to the Portobello. Has Kevin nodded off into a coma? He has. I have a headache. I'm okay. I'm listening. Every word. Okay. He told us that the discount gets rotated every three months. Apparently, it keeps getting circulated through Fulton's, Portobello, and Wolfgang Puck. Anyway, just thought I would share that with you. I thought that was interesting. Good to know, yeah. It's really good to know. I was excited to find out it was 30%. Not so much at Portobello now, but hopefully when it comes back to Fulton's, we'll go again. Uh, Hold on. You have to take a picture of that. (laughs) You have got to take a picture of him in that chair. That is just too cute. (laughs) Look at him. Oh, my God. Is he precious or what? He did not want to be held. No, he's tired of it. He he wants to stretch out and play. That's good. All right. I'm sorry. Three, two, one. My question about merchandise is... Do you guys notice the change in price vary between the different locations on property? How does special? How does the merchandise go up in price often? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me start that again. <clears throat> My question about merchandise is: Do you guys notice the change in price vary between the different locations on property? And does the merchandise go up in price often? The reason I was asking is that they have these specials where you spend so much money and then you can buy a special discounted item for a cheap price. This time they had a nice watch. We had to spend $30 and the watch was 15.95. So I bought some extra stuff to get the watch. Then I go to another location and they have the same watch where you only have to spend $20 and the watch was only 12.95. I was a little disappointed. Um I've not noticed that. No, I've never seen that. Yeah, I've noticed though where there's different Merchandise at a different location, right? Yeah, like a one shot may not have been the same watch. Maybe it was a different watch. Yeah, because in one one time there was a uh, travel bag. You spent a certain amount of money and you bought the t- travel bag for twenty dollars and a throw, like a polar fleece throw. Yep. Mm-hmm. throw. I've never noticed it where it's the same item in the different locations where you have to spend less and also then the item costs less. So and sometimes it's different between downtown Disney and in the parks too. What their offer is. What they're offering is, but not but not the price. You find the price right. different? Depends on the offer. But I'm saying if they have the same watch, to get that watch... Well, like it, when Kevin told us about that watch a couple months ago, you couldn't get it 
at downtown Disney, you had to go into the parks to right, get you're it. not saying the same thing. Okay. I mean, if they had the same watch at, at the Magic Kingdom and at downtown Disney, have you ever noticed that there was a price difference no. between the park no. and downtown Disney? Okay. No. Yeah, I've never noticed that either, so that's... I'll have to look. Yeah, I have to take, keep an eye out for that. There are... Um, times where you'll find things on sale mm-hmm. i mean we've been we've been to downtown disney where you've seen stuff on sale and i think it's less likely to find things on sale in the parks i don't think i've ever been in the parks where i found a discount rack or a discount usually when disney's going to have a sale like that they ship that stuff out to one of their special sales they don't put it on sale in the store sometimes right. you do because i got a real nice jacket at the emporium in magic kingdom that was really cheap but it was on a sale rack You've got to keep your eyes open, apparently. Mm-hmm. Just, Even you know. at 12 years old, you know, Taylor, she saves birthday money and any money she gets, like she works, helps my dad in the yard, does chores around the house, and they pay her. And so she saved almost, I think, $200 for her trip. And she went home with like twenty, <laughs> but even for her, you know, she would bring only a certain amount with her every place we went because she knew that if she took it all, she would spend it all, and she knows how expensive stuff is. And that's what I said to her. You know, she's like, "How much money should I bring?" And she had budgeted like sixty dollars for one day, and um, I said, "That's up to you how much you bring." And I said, "That'll only get you so far." You know that? She goes, "Yeah." She's like, "Things at Disney are expensive." Mm. You know. At least when we were at Universal, we um, we were able to get the twenty percent yeah. discount with the annual pass, and that saved her some money. Right. Yeah, saved her like five or six dollars on her little pants that she bought. <laughs> cool. Thank you for that, John. Who else has an email they'd like to read? No one. I have one. Corey does. I do. <laughs> I'm Corey's, multitasking over here. Yeah, Corey is ca- Corey's actually on the floor with his headphones and a microphone while he's taking care of Ferris. And an email out. in my hand. Um, this comes from Amanda from Illinois. She um, She's recently become addicted to the, the podcast, and she's catching up on older episodes. She was going to ask um, if we listen to any other podcasts, but she learned today that we don't. At least we didn't as of last year. Does anyone on the team have any Disney books or magazines they could recommend? Thanks for all you do. Um, your show has been a good mix of news, facts, reviews, and fun. I think we all have different um, books that we like as far as Disney goes. I like the Imagineering Field Guide. I like anything where you get a, you know, the artistic view of, of how they came up with things. And as far as guides go, I like the complete guide to Walt Disney World. And <laughs> Ferris is Ferris very active does too. today. Yes, he is. But I think, Kevin, you... You're a big book person, and isn't there a thread right now on the podcast board? Is that Disney-related books? Or no, just it's just that's just books. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Um, off the top of my head, the Neil Gabler book about uh, the biography of Walt Disney is comprehensive. Very. It's a, it's a little dry in spots, but it's... Excellent book. Yeah. Very good. I don't think you'll find a more uh, a more detailed autobiography or a more detailed biography, I should say, of Walt Disney. I enjoyed um, Spinning Disney's World by Charlie Ridgeway. Right. I enjoyed Lee Cockrell's book. Um, I enjoyed Behind the Mouse Ears by a man named Dave Koenig. I believe his name is, mm-hmm. about Disneyland. He's also written one about Disney World called Reality Land. And a lot of this stuff is stories you've heard repeated before, but there's some background information that's kind of cool. I've enjoyed those. Uh, I enjoyed, I've read the Mary Blair book about Mary Blair's contribution to Walt Disney World and the Disney animated features, and I thought that was really cool. So it all depends on what your interest is, what your interest level is. I haven't read any Disney books. Not the same. Not recently, yeah, no, neither have I. And in terms of magazines, no. I'm just, there's, I get enough of that doing what I do for a living. So. I know that Adventures by Disney, the kids' magazine, is really popular, but she's not a kid. <laughs> so I think the internet has change the way we look at guidebooks and mm-hmm. yeah. information books. I also yeah. think living here changes the way you look at Disney. That the idea of trying to fill up the time between your trips doesn't involve reading about Disney as much as it used to. I know that I don't as much as I used to. But I think the internet brings a sense of uh, timeliness to the information. Yes. 
I mean, just the mere fact that a book is written, written and published almost immediately puts it out of date. And not that the information's bad, it's just not current. We know that from the Diz, that when you read the theme parks board, that a lot of people buy those planning books and they ask a question and people on the Diz will go, oh, well, that was six months ago. So, you know, it's good to read books, but it's also good to hang out on websites, too, and get current information. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Our next voicemail comes to us from Whitney who has some questions about this year's Food and Wine Festival. So here's Whitney. Hi, podcast crew. This is Whitney from Michigan. We are just getting all the snow off our cars now and planning our trips down to Disney World. I will be there uh, September 26th through October 3rd and was just wondering if uh, you guys have any extra information about the Food and Wine exhibit and what's really the good things to go for uh, in the past, what have been the good things to go for, and what have been the things that are kind of easy to avoid or better to avoid um, as far as that goes. I hear that the uh, the tasting of the beers is really uh, exciting, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for that, but I was just wondering what your, your guys' personal favorites are on that one. Thank you so much. I enjoy your show immensely. Uh, thanks again. Well, thanks very much for calling in, Whitney. I know that uh, Corey's a big fan of the beer tastings at... Uh at the Food and Wine Festival. i got to be honest, you know, I, I, I enjoy just doing the kiosks. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really don't indulge in any of the extras, especially uh, if you were listening to the show last week and we talked about the party for the senses. Yeah. Um, Save where, your money. Don't you do know, that one. $130 to walk in the door and $75 more if you want to sit down. Um, you know, I, I would say do not give those people your money. Um, and now they're charging extra for these, uh, uh, you know, demonstrations and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to see demonstrations and little tastings and things like that, go to California next year for their food and wine festival where the stuff is free. It's part of your admission. Um, the wine tasting in Australia is fun because that's the, a kind of a part the of their about. whole little kiosk kind of thing. Yeah, the walkabout. Yeah. And, that's, and that, th- that makes sense because mm-hmm. you're getting... You know, four or five glasses of wine. Yeah, I, th- I can't what remember was, how what much was the was. walkabout last time. Was it eight dollars, nine dollars? So I want to say around that. Yeah, yeah it's, But but there are a few free ones. The not wine, but there's the Sam Adams beer tasting at That's, the uh, yeah. American Adventure. That's free. Well, that was free. Will it be free this year? Right, because well, they're starting to charge for stuff. But. That's a good thing if you want to see the concert. Maybe you know do that. Uh, beer tasting and then go to the concert. It's a nice midway Makes point. Makes the concert yeah. a little more palatable. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, six beers! <laughs> you know, makes you stop saying, wow, they're old. <laughs> yeah, Davy Jones doesn't look quite so old after six beers. Oh, but I really, there's not many that I skip. Um, I can kind of do without China and Japan. I mean, see, I like China and Japan. It's like, you know, it, it's some of the more exotic ones. They're like, I'm not that brave. When it comes to like trying new foods, um, I so there's a there's a lot of kiosks I will pass. Really, if there's twenty kiosks, maybe I'll hit ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Greece. I enjoyed Ireland. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other. See, those I are see two they, I passed right by. <laughs> <laughs> see, we, like, we like the cold cannon in Ireland. The potatoes and the cabbage yes, mixed together. So Ooh. good. I love cabbage. <laughs> See, I was disappointed because in Poland they took away the the little cabbage roll with the beef inside. That really made me very mad. But they brought back baklava to uh, Greece because last year it wasn't there. I'm not a fan of baklava. Uh, so. I am. Yeah. So. so, I mean, my recommendation is just stick to the kiosks. Mm-hmm. That's expensive enough. Yeah, it is. And, and go in with a plan. You know, get get the map and and kind of see where you want to stop at, so you're not eating at the first five you see and then you make it halfway around and you're either broke or full yeah because i forget i get to go like six times (laughs) yeah really i was pregnant last year so all i did was eat (laughs) and i know we we tried when we first started coming to try to do the whole world showcase don't do that because then you go back to your room and you're groaning because your stomach's so full try to do like half the world showcase each time you go and like Corey said plan where you want to eat you know, and then if the second time you go back, you want to go back to some of the same places again, because the first time I think we tried a whole bunch of places and then went, "Ew, we don't like that." Yeah. And then realized we don't have to go back there. Right. We do it differently. How we do you do actually it? we walk around and a couple of us and we'll try something. 
will get one and each take a bite of it. And oh. if it's good enough, somebody goes back and gets one oh, that okay. if they like never it. Thought of that. That's a great idea. Yeah. So you don't get so full so fast. Right. Yeah. Not everybody gets the same thing. I mean, we'll get one and four people will take a bite out of that sample. Okay. And then somebody oh, like will say, Oh, idea. I really like that. Let me go get one. So it's a it's another way it's a way to taste a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Good idea. Mm-hmm. So I hope that uh, hope that answers your question, Whitney. Thank you for calling in. All right, who has an email they'd like to read? I have one, John. Mine is from Ron Bernard, and he is in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I took advantage of the Disney package and will be arriving September first through the sixth, staying at Pop Century. I'm bringing my nephew, and at seventeen, I wasn't sure if the '80s or '90s building he would like the best. It will be the first day at a Disney resort. What decade session do you like the best? Which one do you suggest we stay? Uh, All stars. I was just going to say, I suggest you move to the Polynesian. Yeah, really? <laughs> Only kidding. Um, How old is the... 17. 17. So he was born... 90s. Yeah. He's I not going to really understand the 80s icons, I wouldn't think. I can be honest with you. I don't really think he's going to care. Yeah. I don't really think it's 17... He's going to say, wow, I'm staying in a 90s building, and this is 90s memorabilia. I, I just... Since the 90s was so long as, ago. Yeah, right. As long as there's 17-year-old girls around, he's not going <laughs> to care what building he's in. <laughs> Don't you agree? I mean, yeah, no, I do agree. And then he can make fun of the older buildings, because, you know, like, that's his parents' age. You know, I don't They're really not cool think, anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stress over what building you're going to be in. To be if honest, if he makes with you. fun of the other buildings, I would leave him home. <laughs> <laughs> have him tested. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. Who else? I have one. This is from Leslie in Columbus, Indiana. Hello, gang. This week, John mentioned again about renting DVC points from a member and staying at the DVC properties for about the same cost as a moderate. Our family travels to Disney once a year, and we are in love with the Wilderness Lodge. Good choice. Unfortunately, since we are a larger family and we typically have to get multiple rooms, a stay at Wilderness Lodge is typically about $2,500 plus more than a moderate hotel. Over the years, we've tried Caribbean Beach and Port Orleans Riverside and felt like our stays were less than magical, and we ended up back at the lodge. We considered the option of running points last year, but it seemed complicated. Am I making it seem harder than than it is? Yeah. And she just goes on and says that they'll probably need two rooms. So um, she ends with, thank you for all you do. I love to listen each week, especially to Ferris in the background. Leslie. She's going to get her full this week. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, I think you are making it more complicated than it Absolutely. needs to be. Um, the I, I have to tell you. Uh, hold on a second. Let me just give her some tips about where she might want to start. Figure out where you want to stay. Figure out your, the rooms you want or the room you want to sleep everybody. Then go to our point calculator on our site and figure out how many points you're going to need. From there, I would assume $10 per point. 10 to $12 seems to be the going rate. Right. I, I would assume 10 I think that, that in this economy with what people are, are doing, we see on average, $10. And remember, the nice thing about that is there's no tax, so you don't have to worry about paying tax on top of that. From that point, you can figure out how much you'd spend on that particular room, and then you can start doing the comparison of, do I go with a moderate resort? Do I stay where I'm going to stay? I think you're always going to find you're going to get more bang for your buck renting points. And then you were looking at the DVC Rent Trade Board. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you go to the DVC Rent Trade Board on disboards.com, you'll find it looks like there are four stickies at the top of the the uh, boards. That explain exactly how this works. Um, I will. I have to tell you, uh, the moderators on that board have done a brilliant job of creating a system of managing uh, these these rentals and and really making it easy and fair and painless uh, for the vast majority of our of our visitors. It's a, a honest to God, in my opinion, one of the greatest services this site offers. Uh, is the DVC Rent Trade Board. A lot of people get to stay at deluxe resorts for the price of a moderate, as John said. Uh, so it really isn't very difficult. You you know, you look at the, just, you know, go through and look. We'll have a link to the sh- on the show notes page to our DVC Rent Trade Board. You just go through and look for what you want. And if you don't find it, um, you can uh, you can post 
can you post? You can post what you're looking for. Yeah, post what you're looking for. So, you know, it's uh, just make uh, absolutely positively make sure you read, especially the first sticky using the DVC rent trade board. Make sure you read those things so you understand. Take, just take if you take ten minutes to read through this stuff, you'll know everything you need to know about the rent trade board. So, and actually, I see. Points for rent nine fifty per point expire one thirty one two thousand ten. Up there, that won't last long. Nope. I think that p- there are people out there who who are looking to dump their points, and you could get them cheaper. Um, you know, we go into this. We've been at this before. You want to make sure you try to get somebody who's reputable. Um, I know I'm going to hear from people who are going to get mad at me for saying this. Don't rent from someone with only four posts. You know, you don't know if. You know, that person's on the boards just looking to rent their points. Look for someone with a little bit. Well, it's okay better. if they're on the boards just looking to rent their points. Um, you know, it doesn't, you know, but I understand what you're saying. Right. I mean, a little bit more of a reputation on the boards if you have more posts. And um, you're going to want to have some kind of agreement. You're going to want to, don't be surprised if they want to deposit and they talk to you about when they want the final payment due and what they tell you the restrictions are of changing your reservation. Right. This is an, a, a contract you're entering into with another person. Yep. And uh, like I said, just it's a great it's a great resource. Um, I can't believe more people don't use it. Is there anything that you as somebody wanting to rent the points should ask of the person you're trying to buy them from? Is there anything? I guess that's probably on the the dis too. Is there- well, I mean, again, you want to find out what these what this person's terms are. What what they're expecting from you um, do they want all the money up front are they willing to send you a, a copy of the confirmation that's important you want to have a copy of the confirmation so that you can have something in front of you again that doesn't mean that somewhere along the line they couldn't cancel that reservation out from under you but at least you have some kind of proof that the reservation was made you know, things you would think of logically. When am I going to have to come up with the balance? How long do I have to change my mind? All that stuff. And is it, I think I remember reading, that once you enter into that, then the person you're buying the points from is the one who has to contact Disney. Like, you can't correct. call correct. Disney up. They're going to make the a reservation. The member has to make the phone call. Okay. They're going to make a reservation in your name with your information. However, they still control the reservation because they're the member. So you can't call Disney and have it done. Um, the nice thing about DVC is you can add the dining plan if you want. Probably not going to want to after listening to the other show. <laughs> and you can add uh, transportation. You can add other things to it that you can add to a regular Disney reservation. Just all that has to be done through the member. Thank you. Cool. Cool. All right. And Julie, you have another one? This is from Angela. And she has a question about her yearly girls-only trip that she'll be taking in October with her sister. It's going to be their second food and wine festival. And she saw pictures last year of people that had bracelets with little cards for payment at the booth. Um, She wants to know, are they going to have those again this year? Where can I pick them up and put money on them? Um, I believe this is something that they are going to continue. Yes, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah it worked really well last <laughs> we year. We enjoyed ours very much. Hated having all that change in my pocket. It's mm-hmm. true, because everything is, you know, something 25, something 50. Yeah. So you have all these quarters in It your makes pocket. it so much easier, even easier than using your credit card, because you don't have anything to sign. Right. You're not digging for the change in the Just cash. Swipe it. You know, um, if everybody used these, the lines would be go by mm-hmm. so fast. Yep. Didn't you say they ran out of them, though? Well, they're limited. They stay, They only have a limited supply, but there was, you know, I always three quarters of the way through Food and Wine Festival, they still had them yeah. available. So. Yeah. We got ours where they sell the merchandise right when you're walking into the World Showcase. Right around Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right around Canada. But they also have a few more spots within the World Showcase where you can buy them, and I want to say one of them is, in, is close to America. Yeah, and you can the places that you can buy them, you can also add more money to them. Right. And I would say don't go and put a whole lot of money on it if you think you're not going to eat everything because you can reload the cards mm-hmm. because you don't want to go home and still have money left on your little they can be can used use as that. a gift card yes, anywhere exactly. on the property right but i mean when you leave to go home to pittsburgh or whatever you really don't care that you've still got money left on your 
And now these are just like a gift card, so there's no pin associated with nope. them. Nope. So be careful you don't. They're lose just it. very small, right. and they have a little bracelet it attached looks like to it. Some, like she said, it looks like your gym membership card. You know, the one you don't use. I was just going to say. <laughs> it's in this tiny Corey doesn't use this either. The yeah. one that's in the center console of my car. I can't find <laughs> but I'm just concerned about people losing that because there's no pin associated with it. There's no signing. Well, it has that little thing that you, you wear it. It's like a bracelet. Yeah. And it's not going to come off. No. Unless somebody pulls it off yeah. of you. So don't keep gotcha. it in your pocket. Don't um, be embarrassed to wear it. And if you're drunk, you don't <laughs> wear care it with anyway. Pride. I think they should make it mandatory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you say so. Or just put a barcode on your wrist. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for that, Julie. And our last voicemail this week comes to us from a listener who is apparently a big fan of Miss Kathy Worley. Woo! Mm. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? This is Victor from Smyrna, Georgia. I just want to let you know that Kathy Willen's the best on the t- on the show, and I love hearing her voice. She's so eager and outgoing. She's wonderful. So now we have a new name for her, Mrs. Eager. Yay, <laughs> Kathy Willen! Kathy! You go, Kathy! And I didn't pay for her to submit that either. Bye-bye. Put on the Pride Patron. Yeah, put on Pride Patron. (laughs) (laughs) Was her name... I thought they said Victor, and then I thought it said Richard. I'm not sure who that was. I don't know. There's a lot of yelling. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling. (laughs) Somebody Jones 1982 is all I got. You need to uh, send us an email, podcast at www.info.com with your contact. Contact information. No, only the people that complimented John and I got prize Matron shots. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for that. I think Kathy was the craziest fan. Yeah, really. <laughs> Kathy's got some crazy people. Thank you to all my peeps out there. Well, she calls you Eager Kathy. Let's just call you Eager Beaver. That works. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Eager. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that is going to do it for our email show this week. I, we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>